If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. My brand new book, Midwife Pip's Guide to a Positive Birth, is now available. So much more than a book, this is a guide that allows me to hold your hand through your birth preparation journey. With over a decade of experience and knowledge packed in to ensure you really are empowered in the way you deserve to achieve a positive birth, regardless of the twists and turns that crop up. Make sure that you get your hands on Midwife Pip's Guide to a Positive Birth Book now and are empowered to have the birth experience that you deserve. Hello, I'm Pip and welcome to the Midwife Pip podcast. Part of my mission in ensuring your pregnancy, birth and motherhood journeys are supported, positive and empowering. Are you ready? Let's get chatting. Breastfeeding, despite being one of the most natural things in the world, is often far from easy. I would go as far to say that those first few weeks are one of the most challenging things I have ever done. And going into the early days of breastfeeding with realistic expectations and an honest understanding of what is normal, what isn't, and ways to troubleshoot these can make a huge difference. And the best time to educate yourself and prevent some of these common issues such as poor latch, or supply issues is actually in pregnancy itself. Now, today I am joined by a fellow mum and breastfeeding cheerleader, Alice Lucan. Alice is a lactation consultant, a health visitor and a postnatal practitioner, dedicating her work to supporting families in their breastfeeding journeys. And my goodness, one thing we do know is there needs to be a heck of a lot more support. So thank you, Alice, for all the incredible work you do. And welcome to the podcast. Thanks for coming to chat. Hi, Pip. Thank you for having me. I'm really pleased to be here. Well, one of the things I have to kick off with, Alice, because I know from looking at your Instagram, which can be found linked in the description for anyone who also wants to check it out, you are very much for breastfeeding and for supporting parents to have that evidence-based information to make an informed mm-hmm. choice about their feeding journey. So what led you to this passion, this relentless passion and drive mm-hmm. that I think you've now got for talking about breastfeeding and infant feeding? Um, thanks. I think it's from, it's a mixed journey. So I'm a nurse by background and kind of fell my way into health visiting um, I was a health visitor for quite a long time and again sort of found myself in the role of the infant feeding specialist um, health visitor but it's a mixed journey because obviously um, I breastfed my own children and that evolved as that went on so learning as you go as a mum and learning um, in your official capacity as well and just the understanding that you need the information and you need the evidence behind being able to make a choice 
because sometimes we then look back and think, oh, if I'd known that, I wouldn't have chosen to, to do that. So it's really, really important to have all the information that you need at your fingertips to make a choice that's right for you. And so, yeah, that's what underpins everything I do. It's about informed choice for you to decide what's right for you and your family. And I think that is super valuable. I, I kind of understood the value of it, I suppose, before having my own baby and my own breastfeeding journey. But I remember vividly about night four, being sat in the feeding chair, baby blues had hit me um, mm. and Finley was cluster feeding and my nipples were normal sore. You know, there is, I think there's this yeah. thing now we need to address with, with norm, normal yeah. sore, not because it's a problem, but normal sore, um, which I'm sure we'll get into later on. Yeah. And I remember saying to my husband, if I wasn't a midwife, tonight would be the night that we stopped breastfeeding because mm. I knew that was, I knew everything that was going on was completely normal. I knew there was light at the end. I could rationalize that with my midwife knowledge brain. If I didn't have that, that would have been game over, like 100% game over. Um, yeah. And now I really realize how we need to get support there to women, but we need to get it before they hit that point. Because at that point, yeah. It's, I mean, it's useful and I'm sure it will have effect to some women, but for a lot of women, it's too little, too late. We need to have already addressed all of that, don't we? Like, and that's where I think Absolutely. prenatally is optimal. Yeah, because if you've got that in the back of your mind, oh yeah, somebody said this bit's really challenging. Or, oh yeah, so I remember being told babies do this. It just gives you the confidence that you're not doing it wrong. I think that's the key thing about parenting is we always second guess, am I doing something wrong, which is why it's like this. And often that's, it's not the case at all. It's that it is really hard and you are learning and your baby is learning and the pressure's on because you want to get it right. And yet we then, we then worry and we, we clutch and try to make decisions um, that aren't, you know, in from an informed point. Whereas if we've had all that education and that information beforehand, it just underpins that, which is hard to make when you're, you know, like you said night four you're, you're sleep deprived your emotions are everywhere your hormones are everywhere it's so tricky to make decisions in that moment so having had the information beforehand can definitely make a big difference I think so and I think as well it's it really depends on the kind of tribe and the unit that's around that yeah. woman because if you've come from a family where breastfeeding is normalized and your mum or your grandmum or your best friend or your mm. aunt or whoever can come and be like, oh yeah, just try that. Or this was normal, I had that. And two weeks later we were fine. If you come from a family, so I like, like myself, where actually formula feeding's the normal, then it's really difficult to sometimes kind of come away from that. And try, you're trying yeah. to justify to other people mm. why cluster feeding's normal and that you're not yeah. starving your baby, yeah. um, et cetera. Then, then actually that's an added pressure almost, isn't it? And yeah. like Absolutely. there's enough pressure. Mm, absolutely and I think that we we forget that that actually we weren't supposed to do this on our own be parents yes. on our own and we live in a very um environment where it's maybe you and your partner and the baby we don't live in a community where your mother your grandmother your sister your aunt are actually right there and because we feed in really different ways we've lost generations of the knowledge about yeah this is normal or when this happened try this to support you when you feel a bit lost and allow you to, you know, the break that you need for somebody else to take the baby so you can sleep or wash. It's very, very intense those first few weeks. And, you know, having that community of knowledge and confidence helps you feel, okay, this isn't me. This is how it's supposed to be. And this is what I do. And we'll get there. So, yeah, it's community is really, really important. Isn't it so important? And I think that's when it comes down partly as well to managing expectations. Because if you hit into Google Images, breastfeeding picture... <laughs> All you find is like the most 
beautifully made up mum with this baby like sleeping at the breast and it all looks beautiful and it's like that is not how it is quite often let's let's be real it is a challenge it's true true. I'm really big on reality I think that that you don't want to sell it as being this awful thing because it's not but it's also not the flip side of being the most natural thing in the world I often talk to mums about breastfeeding is a skill um like learning to walk not like breathing it's not something that we're all natural at babies do have the reflexes they kind of know what they need to do but it still takes time for you to both figure it out. And there's so many other things that come into play. So the birth you've had, any interventions, medications, how well you are, how well baby is, all of those things are going to impact on what those is happening in those early days and those early weeks and how well it's going. And so we sometimes we think if it's not going right, then that's it. We can't, oh, we must be doing it wrong. This is not going to work out. It's okay to have a plan B and a, you know, a deviate from what you thought when you've got the right support to help you get it back on track. Yeah, that's, and I love what you say there about sort of the the birth and things that might have cropped up, medication, your psychological state, things like that, that have Mm. a, a really big impact on how smooth that initial breastfeeding journey is. Let's dive into that a little bit more because I'm a big believer that those early hours, days, weeks are actually really vital in allowing us to not just establish our breast milk supply and get that kind of, that positive feedback going and those hormones that we need surging but also the maintenance of it because we know how challenging it is three Mm. months down the line to try and boost breast milk supply compared Mm. to two days down the line or two weeks down the line how do you feel about those those kind of early days and weeks I think it's really challenging because actually the early days and weeks really sort of underpin, you know, create the foundation of how the rest of your journey is going to be. And that doesn't mean that if it's a struggle in the early days, you're not going to get to that point where you're enjoying it and it's wonderful. But it is absolutely essential that you set your milk supply up well, that you create a good milk supply to allow you to continue if you choose that you want to do that. And it's the hardest time to be able to do that because you're learning, you've got this tiny baby and you're sore and uncomfortable and your hormones are surging. So there's a lot of pressure on you, which again is why when you've got the knowledge about right how do I how do I do this to to make sure that I get it right is really really important and I talk a lot with parents about like imagine it's like a factory and what you've got to do is you've got to set it all up so that the factory runs smoothly so you put the order in and then you've got a great big team of workers that say right I've got to make this product milk and we've got to make lots and lots of it because we're going to need loads of it so they get this kind of conveyor belt and assembly line going and they're all set up however when something doesn't work quite right it then disturbs the flow of how that all works so if you're not putting the orders in it tells your factory workers well we don't really need you because we don't need that much milk and we don't want to pay you (laughs) and and so go away and you might like for example say right we're going to make all of those lay them all off they're all redundant they're not needed and then what happens is is when you do want more supply to make more of your product the milk you haven't got the team that knows what they're doing so it's so so important in the early days to know the milk supply is driven by demand to make the supply so the more your baby feeds or the more you express if your baby's not able to feed effectively the more milk you'll make and when you've got that set up and your body knows this is what I need to do you've got more control because you can decide I don't need to express so much or my baby doesn't need to feed so much so I'm going to feed a bit less so you make a bit less but in the times that you do need to make more, that team knows what it's doing and you can, you can, you're away. It can make more milk. 
But that happens in the early, early weeks. So you need to know how to tell that your baby's feeding well. You need to feed really frequently, get the support to get the feeding going well. And often we'll just say those first few weeks are about feed, feed, feed. And then it settles and then you've got some more choice about where you want to go with things. I love that analogy. That is that is awesome, Alice. I love that. I have to remember that one. Um, because it's because it's so true, isn't yeah. it? That just works perfectly. So I really like that. And I'm one of those people that I need like a rationale and I need to understand the kind of background to be able to apply something. Mm. So so that me that too. I love an analogy. It sticks in my brain a bit more if I've got an analogy. Yeah, especially in those sleep deprived days. Oh my gosh, oh, it just yeah. makes it so much easier to understand. So we mentioned there about feed, feed, feed in those early weeks. And I don't know about you, Alice, I know your children are slightly older than mine, but I remember being like, I have just sat on my bum for like two mm. weeks. I've just felt like all I was doing was being sat down. And um, I was talking to my husband last night, actually, and we were giggling about how in the morning I would feed Finley when he woke up. My husband would bring me breakfast to have in bed while I was feeding him. I mean, any partners listening, that is like a top tip, very, <laughs> very helpful. Feed the breastfeeding woman. Um, and then I would try and have a shower, dry, uh, wash and dry my hair and get dressed. I could not complete those processes without Finley needing another feed. It was like, can I shower, right? quick shower? Can I wash my hair? Can I dry my hair? Can I get dressed? And my husband would be like, he's kind of ready now, like trying to, trying to keep him nice and calm. And that was like constant all yeah. the time. And I think that's what people perhaps, we appreciate that it's going to be frequent, but we don't realize quite how much of a demand that mm. is on your, your physical self, but also your psychological self. Mm. Like that dedication the first few weeks is really tough. And the days feel like they are three months long each day. Um, yeah. But it does get easier, doesn't it? Like yeah, it really absolutely. Does get easier. It does. And I think that's really hard um, first time round because it's just tw- like you said, it's 24 seven mm. and you're adjusting to being a mother that suddenly somebody needs you all the time and you can't just decide oh I'm just gonna clock out <laughs> I'm yes. just gonna step out step out you, you're literally and especially when you're breastfeeding you are needed to sustain that person that person and it, it's so so intense in those in those early days um I think it's about again understanding why so baby's tummies are tiny breast milk is really easily digested they feed for multitudes of reasons. They feed because they're thirsty. They feed because they're starving hungry. They feed because they need that security and attachment to you. And all of those things are equally important to help form a rounded person. It's not just about calories. And so the breast supplies all of those things to them, but then that's attached to you. <laughs> and so therefore the baby's attached to you. And so in those early, early weeks, it's very, very difficult to be able to step away and, and get a break. And I can, I totally remember that, that thinking that I'd managed to get dressed by midday was an amazing achievement. Yeah. And sometimes thinking, what have I done all day? How can I only have done this? It's all consuming and intense, but you're right. It, it doesn't last because you set your milk supply up baby grows you find a rhythm you know you just go with the flow and you'll and you'll find it you 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 create that dance around each other and you learn about each other and then it's it just settles a bit and you'll find that rhythm um and sometimes I think knowing that helps sustain you like if you know it's not going to be this intense forever this is what we're doing right now it will get better helps you to keep going in that moment where you think I just can't do this Oh, 100%. And then you stop having to like 
stack loads of breast pads inside your bra because you're no longer just leaking at the first sight of or noise of your baby which is an absolute win I remember that being like oh I can actually keep a top on for more than an hour this is fantastic (laughs) it's like I mean our bodies are just amazing in terms of often what happens the majority of us can make milk there are for some women I know that it's way more of a struggle or there's complications that make this process way more difficult but for most of us we can make milk so there's no reason to sort of untrust it and yet we we do um but what our body often does is it creates some it creates like a like we've got to make milk we've got to feed this baby so it just goes all at it and then it kind of realizes oh okay maybe we can calm things down a little bit and your supply will just regulate in that rhythm with what your baby's asking for so yeah it just is really intense at the beginning put everything into it and you will find a rhythm to, to settle um, and find it a bit better. Yeah, I think that's that's reassuring because it does feel, and let's touch on this actually. I think breastfeeding is probably the loneliest I've ever felt in my life at times because of what you've just been saying, because mm. of that like feeling like you were constantly needed and you couldn't just be like, checking out for an hour because your baby needs you and I think that's something I've done some polls on Instagram recently and that's something that loads of women are reporting but I don't think we talk about or address Mm. anywhere near enough no I talk about that a lot on my page I'm all about reality and realism of parenting and how like you said you know with those images of this being wonderful natural when it doesn't feel like that those unrealistic expectations of what it's really like to become a mother and have a baby and to breastfeed just set you up for failure it's not it's not that you're failing and it's not that you're you're struggling it's that we've got an unrealistic expectation of actually what this is like because we don't talk about that we don't talk about normal baby behavior we don't say babies feed really frequently what that happens to us is we think oh my baby's feeding frequently therefore i must not be making enough milk or i must be doing this incorrectly um which is not always the case and so yeah absolutely it it is a really lonely place to be and so that's again it's community it's finding communities maybe in different ways that we haven't done before you know maybe as adult when we're out at work and we see people or you go out with your friends you you find your community whereas suddenly as a mother that all that all shifts um I can remember when, when my first was little and my friends all came to visit and they did a bit of cuddling of the baby and and then they all said oh well bye we're going to the pub and they all left to go out together and me and my husband were like what what and it was just like we suddenly realized that we weren't included in that anymore Mm. and there we were stuck at home with this little baby and it's just those realizations that yeah your world is shifting and at this point that feels a really unsteady place to be because you're not quite sure where you fit but you you, it opens up another world as well it just takes some time to trust in your confidence that that's okay too (laughs) yeah what you just said completely resonates with where I think me and my husband are with life at the moment we've definitely got that balance we've got friends with older children and then friends that haven't quite started their families yet and we're definitely kind of that middle ground and that's where I think like you say finding a community is so important and thankfully I mean fingers toes everything crossed we stay out of this lockdown world because I think in in that lockdown world that was a much bigger challenge Mm. but in a way it's also allowed us to really recognize the value of virtual support which actually at three in the morning is game changing like when you need someone that you can message at three in the morning or whether Mm. it's a Facebook group or it's on Instagram or whatever that actually is sometimes I think more valuable than an actual face-to-face coffee and it requires a lot less effort
Just a quick pause to share some new evidence with you. Did you know that expressing colostrum in the first hour after birth compared to two to six hours later increases your milk production by 130% at six weeks? For more fascinating breastfeeding information, sign up to aptoclub.co.uk. And I think lockdown's taught us lots in so many, there's so many negatives about the isolation, that you know, the not being able to access support. But there were flip sides of that too, where the pressure was off a bit because you couldn't have visitors and you didn't have everybody around. And maybe families were, more, not all, because we're all in different situ- situations, but for some of us, our partners were around more. So suddenly you were thrust into, for parents with new babies, they were thrust into this newborn bubble without so many of the external pressures of you should be doing this and you should be able to do this. Actually, what we did was focus on our babies. And Mm -hmm. that absolutely helps you set that rhythm in the right tone right from the beginning, because you just think, well, this is what I can do. This is what I'm needed to do. I'm not going to worry about getting dressed or going to a baby group because I can't. I'm just going to sit with my baby and accept that that's what we're doing. And that's what they need you to do. And it just maybe helps take some of that pressure away. I'm not saying there aren't other pressures because absolutely there are. But yeah, it's really interesting the things that we learned. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think it made us all evaluate life so much, didn't it? I mean, yeah, so much did. so to me that I had a baby. So <laughs> we definitely had a life re-evaluation. Um, and I don't know any specific numbers, as I don't know if you do, but I have heard that breastfeeding rates generally improve during lockdown which shows the value of, like we were saying. Yeah, yeah, there must be some rates somewhere. And I know that um, Professor Amy Brown's done quite a lot of work on lockdown babies and looked at them. And so I bet you she's got some research somewhere that that looked at that. And I suspect, you know, knowing how balanced she is, it'll really look at you know, actually the benefits of things as well with the, with the things that weren't so great. You know, actually, there are plenty of parents I've supported that just said, I didn't know where to get support. And so when I struggled, I couldn't get it. You know, babies with, um, you know, you know, feeding difficulties that then couldn't access the services that they needed, therefore then probably did stop breastfeeding sooner than they would have liked because they didn't have the support. But on the flip side, there were families that because they were allowed that time and they were had that more support from their partner and without the stresses actually probably breastfed longer than they may have done if they'd been in a in a different kind of environment so yeah d- flip sides to both th- yeah. those, those things. Pro- pros and cons for sure mm. so let's talk a little bit more about support so I think we probably I think we've covered and we kind of understand how important support is mm. and that that can come from family friends professionals What's your advice to women, Alice, who are actually struggling to access support? So they're having feeding issues for, you know, there's so many different troubleshooting we could talk about. What's your advice for actually taking that step to get support? Because I think sometimes that can be daunting. Um, Yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Absolutely. I think it's about understanding that support looks different in different ways Mm. and that um, they're all beneficial in their own way. So it's really important to to surround yourself with friends. If you're breastfeeding particularly, have you got friends that have breastfed? Have you got family members that have breastfed? So sometimes having that contact with somebody, I remember in the early days, I I was one of the first of my friends to have um, kids. Our kids are quite a bit older than my friend's kids. 
And so I didn't really know anybody. Um, and I came from a breastfeeding family. So I felt like quite confident I could do that. And my mother had breastfed. And so my aunts had breastfed. It just was the norm. Mm. However, that didn't mean that it was easy. It wasn't easy. Yeah. But my sister had a friend who'd had a baby the year before. And I knew her a bit, but I rang her or I text her and be like, is this normal? And should they be feeding again? And does this nappy? And I just having somebody to reach out to that had been through it recently, really, really important. Mm. But then knowing that there are other levels to go to. So peer support, you know, so where you might go to a group where there are women that have breastfed their own children in a calm environment that can help you with some of the fundamentals, but also recognize that maybe you need another layer of support. So your midwife, your health visitor, that health professional that's got, you know, a training to help you. But then also recognizing that sometimes when there's a more complex challenge, that sometimes you might need a level of support up from that. So knowing there's different levels of support that people need at different times. Um, and I would sometimes say like antenatally, having that on your fridge, like where's your local peer support group? Who's going to help you and where's their number? Who's your midwife? What's your community team? And look for things like, you know, lactation consultants, specialists, that if you need them, you know where to access them when you want them. So you've got that information to hand. I love that tip. And that's where, that's something you can absolutely prepare to do in pregnancy. Mm. So if you're listening to this and perhaps your third trimester, get your list up on your fridge now because that is your your fourth trimester self is really, really going to thank you for that simple go-to <laughs> when you're sleep deprived and potentially struggling. Yeah. It's going to be a game changer, I yeah. think. Yeah. And, and it gives you a chance to look through it. Like, you know, not, not everything is equal. And mm. so sometimes having that conversation with people or where did you go for support? Because people will tell you if the support wasn't great and they'll rave about it if it was really good. So-and-so really helped me. And that's so invaluable to you as a mum to know other people found that really useful. And that's what you need, not at 4am trying to clamber to find somebody that might not have been the person that you would actually choose to help you. Yeah, definitely. And I was Obviously, I was a midwife when, when I was breastfeeding thinly, but I was reaching out to my friends and colleagues like, mm-hmm. is this normal? Because when it's your body and your baby, it's yeah. completely different, isn't it? Even yeah. as healthcare professionals, yeah. we're winging it quite a lot of the time. Yeah. And every baby is unique. And I remember when I was speaking about the, the normal nipple soreness, my goodness, any woman that I've ever said, if it's painful when they first latch then you need to relatch them. There's, there's a latch problem. I am so sorry, because that is an absolute lie. Actually, it's really normal. Those first few weeks when they first latch, it is uncomfortable. Um, and yeah, I'll go as far as painful. Yeah, you're right. It's to do with what we said about it being a skill. So it's not like you're aware, you put baby in the right position and off they go. They're learning and you're learning. I think the key thing here to know is there is a big difference between common and normal Mm. and pain when you're breastfeeding is common while you're in the early days and you're learning how to do it but pain is a signal that something's not right and so it does need to be thought about and supported to try and get that right and you are going to potentially experience some pain and discomfort while you and your baby are trying to get that latch right but know that that pain is signaling to you it's not right so therefore Mm. we've got to learn how to do this correctly and no like you know we'll often say to mums you know try and follow all the things we say position your baby if it feels uncomfortable count to 10 if it still feels uncomfortable take your baby off and and relatch and it's it's it takes time to learn the difference and it's about feeling isn't it like it's not about what it looks like like a mum if she's curling her toes it's not right whereas you don't really learn that until you suddenly think ah that one feels comfortable. What did I do for it to be like this? And that's the learning process. So um, yeah, understanding that 
it's common to feel pain in the early days, but that's signaling you're still trying to learn and get the support and keep trying and you'll get there. And if it's still a challenge, reach out and get some more support. Yeah, definitely. And that that counting to 10 that you just spoke about, I think is really important because I, I did a lot of counting to 10. And by about really six seconds, by about six seconds, I was like, okay, fine. So that's that's your kind of sort of safety net, isn't it actually? Is this just my nipples getting used to this whole new thing? Um, or actually, is this is this something I need support with? And when it comes to needing support, we know that the sooner you get that, the better, because otherwise we end yeah. up in this vicious cycle, don't we? Of nipple damage and ineffective latch, yeah. and therefore babies not emptying the breast, the supply isn't there, so they're feeding more and your nipples get more mm. sore and damaged. And we end up in this really challenging mm. cycle. So like day one, get that support. I think it's really important. And, and I always say to women in pregnancy, if you plan to breastfeed, I know everyone, if, if they're having a hospital birth, just want to get home but actually please please make sure you feel confident latching and attaching your baby before you get home because the last thing you want once you get settled at home is to be coming back in um because there's an issue yeah I think it is about yeah knowing having that team around you so knowing that who is going to help me if I am struggling where can I where can I go and also maybe having the understanding that you know, if it's not going right, there are ways to, to, to do that. It's okay. You know, feed your baby and protect your milk supply. So express. Mm. Um, and then let's work on these things. Like it's the milk that you need. As long as you've got milk and as long as your baby's fed, we can work on all of those things with the right kind of skill and support. So it's knowing that um, sometimes when we hit a bump in the road, um, it doesn't mean the end, or it doesn't mean you you have to decide it's all over. We can decide to do things a little bit differently while we're trying to figure things, while we're trying to figure things out. Um, so yeah, and I think that, that, that a lot of that antenatally, you need that. You need to understand how often babies feed, how it's going to be, you know, ha- the, you know the education about latch and positioning, I think, Having that antenatal is really important, but it's not until you're doing it that you start to try and put that into practice. I often say sometimes having a video, I love like video stuff because mm, I think that we're quite, you know, I'm quite a visual learner, but sometimes at 3 a.m. and especially like you don't process information in the same way when you've just had a baby, your hormones are preventing you from thinking about things in a logical way. You just forget everything as well, don't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> baby brain is so, so true. But then you think, oh, well, what did they say? How do I hold my baby? Where's the nipple supposed to be? have a video uh, with somebody speaking through it and you can visualize what's going on because then at 3am when you're exhausted and you can't remember, there you go, right there. Okay. And that just might help you a little bit in, in that moment when it's um, so mm. intense. Yeah, no, that's a brilliant, brilliant tip, Alice. That is really helpful. Cause like you say, you don't want to be searching the internet at that point when your baby's yeah. crying and fractious. Yeah. I also love, I just want to highlight what you just mentioned there about if there is an issue that you're troubleshooting, it's not a case of breastfeeding's over. It's not for us. I can't mm. breastfeed. It's not working. But actually, if you can make sure your baby's fed, and you're protecting your milk supply, you've got that time and that space. And I loved what you just said there because I think that just takes that pressure off Mm -hmm. and it just allows women to breathe in in those really kind of stressful, intense moments when you're trying to figure it out. If you can just remember those two things, my baby's going to be fed because I've got milk. I'm going to protect my milk supply through hand expressing, pumping, whatever that looks like. I'm going to get some support and actually you can get through Mm. that. And I think it's probably fair to say, Alice, I I don't know about you, But the women that I work with and that I meet that breastfeed, I would say more women have little stumbling blocks or bumps in the road, things to troubleshoot than don't. I think it's actually very common, isn't it? But we Mm -hmm. expect that if it's not completely smooth sailing, then it's not working. 
Yeah, I think we're very hard on ourselves as as mm. as women and Definitely. certainly as mothers that we have to be this per- perfect. It needs to be perfect, or that we think that if we're not if it's not working, therefore it's we're we're failing. And again, that comes back to those sort of unrealistic expectations of just how difficult things can be while you're trying to adjust to this new role that you've never done before. So the key, yeah, the key key things are is you know, don't chuck in the towel (laughs) at 4am when it's like, you're really hard. It's really difficult Mm. and know that, okay, things aren't working out, but how do we sort this in the, in the, in the little, in the right now, and then in the medium term and in the long term. And the key things are your baby needs to be fed and know that there are ways to do that cup feeding, you know, so, so that you can um, give your baby your, your breast milk, keep that baby fed, but let's work on protecting your supply so that you've got the milk so that we can help you with whatever's going on that's causing you difficulties with the breastfeeding to enable you. I think this is about the informed choice because I think sometimes we make a decision that this isn't working. So we stop or we choose to maybe supplement our our baby without all of the information that we maybe need about that choice. And then that choice is removed from us because we didn't realize how that might impact our milk supply. We didn't know that we needed to protect our milk supply and therefore you lose, you lose your milk supply and then you haven't got the choice. Whereas if you do these other things, it gives you time to think about, do you want to still do this? How are we going to move forward and, and have the, in you be able to have the decision, not have that taken away from you. You can't make an informed choice about the information, right? Like no, you need absolutely. the information. Now, one yeah. of the other things that I hear all the time, and it really saddens me to be honest, when I work with women in pregnancy is when we talk about feeding choice, what you might fancy doing, what's plan A. And so I'd really like to breastfeed if I can. And I just think, why are we already mm. assuming we can't do it? And I think as women, we do this with all sorts of things and birth yeah. is definitely one of those things. But I think breastfeeding is one of those things I always hear. I want to breastfeed if I can. If I can. And yeah. I just think if we've already got doubt and then there's like a stumbling block, we're like, well, I didn't know if I'd be able to and now this proves I can't. And actually, mm-hmm. unless there is a medical reason most women with the right support and the right information, I think they're the two key things, aren't they? The support and the information yep. can have a successful breastfeeding yeah, journey. Absolutely. I think that's wish. yeah, I think that's just it's year, it's a multitude of things that lead into that, but it's it's years and generations of the undermining of the fact that our bodies don't work brilliantly and and the selling of there being another better way so you don't have to do this that it's okay you know being being sort of um yeah sold sold that idea that women can't do it but it's okay that there's an alternative it is okay that there's an alternative but that alternative doesn't need to be there because thousands of women can't do it that alternative needs to be there for the small percentage of women or babies that that choose or want to do it in that you know need to do it in that way um and so yeah you're right we've just got that insecurity in our mind all the time of what if sometimes though I also think that that comes from sometimes a a hope like when you really want to do something but you're worried that it might not turn out okay you want to steal yourself from the emotional trauma Mm -hmm. that if this doesn't work out I failed at this so saying yeah I'll try it and if it doesn't work out never mind it's a way of maybe accepting to yourself that you weren't a, a failure at it nobody fails to to breastfeed we we 
don't support women properly we don't help as a society for us to to, to do that um it's yeah and I think sometimes it's we just don't understand how we're going to feel after having a baby that those emotions make you feel really strongly in a way you just can't comprehend until that baby's out so yeah it's about having that information beforehand so like antenatal expressing knowing how to hand express before your baby arrives because then you've got something you can proactively do if things aren't working you think ah I've already had a go at hand expressing I've already practiced this I know how to get milk I can get milk for my baby so already the mindset is not that it's failing and there's medically something wrong you can sort you can do something like this about this so um yeah pre preparing yourself with plan b's <laughs> can really help you in those scenarios yeah, definitely. And I think, I guess, I guess our message, probably quite a joint message, Alice, because um, our ethos is so similar with this is, rather, if, if you are sat here, if you're listening to us today as, as a pregnant woman, or a friend or family member of a pregnant woman, and you've heard or you've said, I'd like to breastfeed if I can, today's the day we're gonna, we're gonna change that if I can. And instead, now is the time to think about how you're going to make that possible. How are you going to make sure you've got the support? So Alice's tip of, you know, pop, pop those numbers on the fridge so you know where you're going to go straight away. Have that tribe. And take some time now to really invest in some quality evidence-based education around breastfeeding. Whether that's my course, Alice's course, someone else's course. Just make sure that you speak to that person, you understand their credentials, so you actually know yeah. they are educated and they're gonna give you that honest evidence-based information. But taking that time, investing that little bit now is gonna yep. save you potentially so much problem later down the line. But I yep. think we are so focused um, on birth and getting that baby here, we completely forget that after bit until we are yeah. slap in the middle of it and yeah. struggling. Yeah, most of us do that, I think, as women. It's so it's such a huge life-changing thing, giving birth, that we then forget that after that, there's quite a lot to do after that, that maybe we didn't bit. really yeah, <laughs> in, think about too much. I think like lots of um, practitioners, lactation consultants, um, we offer like antenatal preparation. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's so key because actually, you know, knowing about how to get it off to a good start, how to recognize that your baby's feeding well and and helping you set up that support network before your baby comes just lays that foundation. So like investing in that is a good, is a good thing. Like, as you said, if you're listening to this and it's a friend, buy them that as a gift. A good don't, baby shower know, gift. Yeah, really good. She doesn't need another 10 baby grows, no, I promise you. <laughs> not at all. But that, that is because it's, it's ongoing. That's the foundation of your education and evidence so you can make a choice. But it's also the start of that where can I get support if I if I if I need it mm -hmm. um but it's building the confidence in yourself knowing yeah I can do this if I want but if I'm struggling doesn't mean I'm failing it means I need more support yeah 100 100 I love that that's that's the take-home message for sure get <laughs> get that in you deserve it you know we so undervalue ourselves as women all the time yeah. so Alice I love everyone that comes on to finish with three top tips so I wonder okay. if you could share Throwing you on the spot here, a um, bit spontaneous, but three top tips for mums planning to breastfeed. Okay. Um, we've probably talked about most of these, actually. Just one. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so I guess the first thing is, yeah, a good antenatal education. Partner too, because having mm. a partner on board is really, yeah. really key. If you have this discussion before that, you know, I really want to ideally do this, you're not always able to advocate for yourself when things aren't going right. And so having somebody that knows how you wanted things to be and that can help 
support you to make those decisions is really important. And so having somebody else understand, oh, yeah, 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 babies do feed re- frequently, rather than that person that's right in your world telling you, maybe they're hungry, maybe it's not working, that thinks, oh, no, no, I remember this too. So yeah, teaching those people that are in your bubble so that you've all got that education. So that's tip number one, like everybody in your family gets some really good evidence-based in- information about what babies are like and how breastfeeding can be. Mm. And then my second tip would be practice <laughs> so like from 36 weeks um for most um women you can have a practice knowing where to get the milk will allow you to feel a little bit more confident afterwards don't panic if you can't mm-hmm. because not everybody can it doesn't mean you're not making milk but have a little practice at home i would often say to people do it in the shower or the bathroom where you're used to being naked <laughs> it doesn't yeah. feel quite so strange and you're warm and comfortable as well yeah private just all of those things just feel a little bit more normal and and have a go because then if something doesn't go to plan you know that there's a way to start establishing a milk supply by you doing it or get your milk for your baby um so that would be tip number two and then number three I think is think about the first few weeks and those early days as your role is to focus on feeding. So your role is to know, yes, this is going to be tough and this is all I'm going to do, but I am literally going to learn about my baby's rhythms. I'm going to feed. We're going to practice. We're going to get this right. And know that everybody else, so partner and everybody else's job is to let enable you to do that. So they keep the house tidy, they keep you fed, they hug you, they bring you cups of tea, but they support you to let you feed your baby. And then when you've got that established, things will start to branch out and you will find a, a, a more natural rhythm that's not so intense just about feeding. So yeah, oh, I think that's my favorite one. I love that third top tip because like you say, it, it takes a tribe, doesn't it? And and breastfeeding yes, is is your job and people can't help you physically, but all that other stuff around you makes it so much easier. So much easier. Yeah, it doesn't mean they're not helping. It's just not physically the feeding. They're enabling you to do that. Mm. And that's really important. Really important. Oh, Alice, thank you so much for letting me steal you today. Um, And thank you for cheerleading breastfeeding so much because we need so much more of that, don't we? So thank you for all the amazing work you're doing. No, thank you for having me. It's great. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in today. I hope you've enjoyed this episode as much as I did. I'd be hugely grateful if you could take a moment to leave a quick review. It honestly means the world to me to hear from you as a listener. And of course, to ensure you don't miss upcoming episodes, hit subscribe too. Remember, I'm here to support you through pregnancy, birth and beyond through my range of pregnancy, birth prep and postpartum courses at midwifepip.com. I hope to get to know you better and to help you on your empowering journey soon. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the aging process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip (laughs) off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford, and Craig Revel-Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.